My guess is most of us here have been, or I promise you, if you haven't been yet, I promise you at some point in your life you will be invited to a housewarming party. A housewarming party is where you basically get to go around to someone's new home, and they invite a load of people in, not to warm it up, not to suddenly announce that before this point, this was not my home, but now you've come, I can now announce it is my home, but rather to cause you to come around them in order that you can celebrate with them the fact they've got this new home. And my guess is, depending on your age, depends on kind of what that party looks like. So I remember kind of 15 years ago, what that party used to look like is that um, I'd turn up to a friend's home, and basically there would be nothing, and there'd just be music. And you wouldn't see anything of the house because all the lights would be off. Now I turn up, and there's snacks, there's various drink options, everyone has conversations, and there's no real music. You see, what seems to happen is the party changes, but the theme is still the same. It's still a housewarming party. And why am I talking about this? Because this morning, what's happening is actually a housewarming party. That's what baptism is all about. That's what actually us doing this morning is all about. That's what we're getting in a moment when we go outside. We get to celebrate is a housewarming party. Where we get to celebrate for the four individuals who've shared their stories, the fact that they've actually moved home. They've moved home that's changed everything for them. And what we're going to discover, I hopefully, over the next few minutes, is that actually baptism, in someone physically going into water, and I promise you there's a tub out there currently being filled with warm water. <laughs> and once they, each individual will take it in turns, and they'll go in that warm water, and they'll go and be taken under the water. And as they're taken under the water, it's going to be a moment that signifies that they were in an old home. And we're going to look at in a moment what that old home looked like. But I promise you, within a short space of time, they'll then be brought up out of the water. (laughs) And as they're brought up out of the water, it's a moment, it's a signpost of saying actually who they are now is someone who's living in a new home. A new home that brings them a new destiny, a new definition of what the character and life they get to live is like. And so it isn't just that in an October Sunday... They kind of show their commitment to Jesus in the most bizarre way. I'm saying, I'm going to get wet outside, thoroughly wet. It's actually a moment of them saying, this this signifies something far more significant that's gone on inside of me as an individual. Of the fact that I had this old life that I've left and a new life that I'm now living. And so for us to understand that, I want us just to get to a point of really, truly understanding why this new home that they're living in, this new life they get to live, is worth celebrating. And to help us do that, I want us to just look at a little bit of the Bible. In a letter that was written by a guy called Paul to a church that was in a city that everyone's heard of called Rome. And it's in a bit of the Bible called Romans chapter 6, which is the Bible kind of breaks its letters up that are written by individuals into chapters just so we can follow them. And so it helps us. And this bit's in here. And in here, Paul describes what baptism is like And it's put in language that kind of we can understand. So it's a translation of hopefully language we can understand. And Paul writes this, If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace. A new life in a new land. 
See, this housewarming party that's going on today, as we've already heard from each of the stories, isn't one that's happening in the moment of someone saying, oh, I've got this new home, come in now. I don't know if you've ever moved home, but I promise you, if a bunch of people turn up as you're literally moving home, saying, we're here for the party, it doesn't thank you. You know, at that point, you say, oh, yeah, come on in. You think, no, no, I'm still unpacking. I'm still working out what this is going to look like. See, rather today is a moment where we get to celebrate with them of understanding they've already moved in. But for us to understand the celebration of what they've moved into, we need to understand what they've moved from. And some of you have already started to wonder, why is there a tower of boxes? Well, this is because this tower of boxes helps me understand that there was an old home. Now, for those of you who are regulars at Oasis Church, please don't get your hopes up. You know that we love our giveaways. I promise you there is no giveaway here. There is no way I'm giving an 80-centimeter widescreen LCD television away. So if at this point in time you're feeling like that sense of, oh, no, well, you know, maybe someone in a way, I found this box here, has this TV, and if you could find them, you could say, could you give me it? And we'll see how they respond. It isn't me. Anyway, what we'll find out, firstly, let's look then. We find that they've moved from somewhere. They've moved from an old home. And what we're told is that that old home has a location. Now, if you're anything like me, I've learned something from Channel 4 and from a couple, Kirsty and Phil, who were on Channel 4 over the last few years, and that is that location, location, location matters. And therefore, what we discover is actually the location of this old home matters. And what Paul writes and what the Bible translates it is, it says, actually, there's this way that you used to live, an old home that you lived in that had a location. Its location was sin. Now, sin is that word that seems to be a word that Christians quickly seem to talk about. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you think, why are you so quick to talk about that? Is there nothing good about what you've got to say? But actually, sin is just this easy way of saying, but can feel a little bit culturally kind of irrelevant. But actually, it's a way of saying, actually, it's a way of living with me, not Adrian Hurst, but me as an individual at the center of my life. And so on us understanding the old home, we have to understand that it was in a location. And the location was a country where we were king, where we were at the center of our existence, where we said, actually, everything I want is determined by who I am and what I want it to look like. And these four individuals who are getting baptized this morning are wanting us to understand that they had this old home in an old location, a location where they said, actually, my life is about me. It's about what I want. But they also want us to understand that their old location of where their life was centered around them caused them to live in a home that was defined by that location. See, any home in this country has four walls. And it's groundbreaking stuff this morning. The buildings that we live in, you see, you rarely find people living in kind of a pyramid or something. That here we live in a, a building that, that's a rectangle and, it, and it's four walls. And if you like, I'd like us just to quickly understand that this old home was like that. It had four walls. And for each of these individuals, they're saying that this old home they lived in had these four walls. And the first wall, if you like, was fear. The ultimate then living with them at the center of their lives, it, it caused them to live with fear. Fear with the ultimate sense of, am I good enough? Am I acceptable? If, if people truly knew what I'd done or what had been done to me, would it be okay? And so for these four individuals, they're saying, actually, there was this time where I realized that with me at the center, I lived with this old home, and the first wall was one of fear. 
The second wall was one of restlessness. That restlessness that comes that shows that actually, no matter how much we desire of something, we're never truly satisfied. Just so you're wondering, what is the noise in the background? It isn't that we've got a kind of wrestling competition <laughs> next door of someone shouting, let's get ready to rumble. It's just that's our kids' work. And we do love kids, and we love them having great fun. And so they're having fun. But let's get back to here, an old home. <laughs> So we've got a wall of fear, we've got a wall of restlessness. At this point, you're thinking, can't we be in there? That sounds like way more fun. But let's hang in here, because I promise you, in this understanding of the old home, when we get to the new one, we think, that does sound good. But here we go, we've got fear, restlessness, that restlessness that comes from that deep desire to be satisfied. And we find that however much we look for different things to satisfy, that might be in respect to relationships. It might be in respect to the possessions we own or the wealth that we accumulate. It might be in respect to the influence we have or our popularity. You know, we live in a day and age where if you're quickly going to find out about someone, you want to find out how many followers they've got on Twitter and how many likes they've got on Facebook. And we say, actually, how we're doing in those three areas? Are we satisfied? And what we find is that there's this wall of restlessness that comes. We just think, I'm just not quite there. However much I have of this, it doesn't seem to truly satisfy. I'm left thirsting and hungering for more. And for these four individuals, they think that that's what it was like. That's only two walls. We've got fear, restlessness. The next wall is brokenness. So the Bible tells us this uncomfortable truth, and that is this, that as we live with us at the center it causes us to curve in on ourselves, just saying, this is what I want. And as we live saying, this is what I want, it causes us ultimately to, to, in the end, break how we relate to others. It causes this break in how we can relate to God. It causes this break in how we can relate to one another. It causes ultimately this break in how we can relate to within ourselves. Man, you only have to watch Channel 5 from 9 o'clock onwards to realize that actually it's just program after program that's people saying in varying different ways, I just feel broken in how I can relate to others or how I can relate within myself. And it doesn't seem to get fixed. And then the last wall. At this point, you're thinking, man, I, I thought it was going to be all right here, but it's getting quite depressing. You know, we've got fear, restlessness, we've got brokenness, and then I'm about to put the last wall in, death. The uncomfortable truth is this. We don't really like saying that word death, but it's the one certainty of everyone in this room. That all of us at some point will die. And therefore it lingers. And we do as many things as we can to deny the fact that that's one of the walls we live with. It might be through face creams. It might be through tucks up. It might be through hair dye. And some of you might be saying, man, you should do that. But, <laughs> But at the end of the day, it's just there and it's uncomfortable. And for these four individuals that are getting baptized, they're saying that actually, at a point in my life, I had this old home with me at the center living in the country. And as such, it caused me to live in this home that was governed by restlessness. It was governed by brokenness. It was governed by fear and ultimately by death. And not surprisingly, as I lived in that place, it was somewhere I thought, I wonder if there's somewhere different I could live. See, when they get baptized, when they go under the water, they're saying, that's where I used to live. But heads up, I don't live here anymore. Because they come out. 
And when they come out, it points to their new home. But the thing is, and I always walk, and I don't know why I thought about this often, why do I always start over here and finish over there? It's just how I'm wired. But we start with an old home, and we're going to get to a new home over here, but to get there, we have to ask ourselves, how do you move? Now, my guess is when most of us go to a housewarming party, we don't talk often about how someone moved there. We just get it that they did. And there's this underlying understanding that we know that when someone moves into somewhere, it's going to cost them something. It's going to cost them money. Either they've bought the place via a mortgage, unless there's someone who can buy it outright. They're good people to know. Or there's, there's someone who's renting, and therefore they've had to find a load of money personally to put down in order they can finally get to moving. So we know it's cost them something. We also know it's taken them effort. Because it doesn't just, they just don't suddenly announce, I'm moving into that place, and then suddenly walk through the door and all their stuff's there. It's they have to move it physically from one place to another. It takes effort. See, for each of those that are getting baptized today, they're going to announce and say, yeah, I had this old home that I lived in where I was at the center. But now I've got this new home. And you heard it through each of their stories. And this new home is one where actually Jesus is at the center. Because what I've realized is, for me to get the new home, I needed Jesus, because I needed someone who could ultimately pay the cost, who could ultimately have the effort to move me into a new home. And I've realized that it was only through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that's happened. See, what we discover is that it's actually Jesus who comes and moves people. Through them putting their trust in him, through each of those four individuals, as they put their trust in Jesus, it suddenly caused the location of where they lived to change. Because suddenly it was no longer them at the center. It was now Jesus at the center. And as such, it meant that everything had moved. It wasn't no longer that they had a bit in this house and a bit in the other. It's now that everything's here. They get this new location to live from and this new house, therefore, to live out from. This new home. And that's what's being announced this morning. As each of them come out of the water, they're saying, this is where I live now. This is why I wanted to invite you to my housewarming party. Because I wanted you to celebrate with me the place that I get to live from. So what does this home look like? Well, not surprising, it's got four walls again. The first wall this, t- wall this time is love. Because what we find is, in a home that's defined from the location of Jesus at the center... It means that we get to live out of a place of understanding that we're loved and accepted unconditionally. I don't know if you've heard that through Will's stories. He shared, he said, actually, I suddenly realized that it isn't about who I am. It's about who God is, and God says he loves me unconditionally. And that changes everything. It suddenly causes us to live not in fear of what others think of us, but rather in a truth of understanding that actually I'm good enough because God says, he loves me no matter what. So we get to live with that first wall. That's what each of them is saying, a first wall of love. The second wall is rather than restlessness, is rest. It's this understanding that Jesus of being at the center of their lives and living from that location of Jesus at the very core caused them to understand that everything they could ever hunger for, everything they could ever thirst for is ultimately satisfied in Jesus. That's what each of them saying. They're saying, isn't I've got it all yet? I've now got this life that I get to live where I get to explore in everything that Jesus is able to quench every thirst, satisfy every hunger, because that's where I get to live from. So we've got love. We've got rest. 
as we rest in him, his ability to satisfy everything, then from rest we get wholeness. What we get promised is actually out of that understanding that Jesus is now at the center. It restores everything. It restores our ability to relate to God. It restores our ability to relate to one another. And it restores our ability to relate within ourselves. And then lastly, rather than death, we have this wall that promises life. Each of them says, actually, I get to now live, understanding that I have a life to live. A life to enjoy now. A life to enjoy now that causes my life to be filled with love. Not just any old love, a love that's unconditional. Is an acceptance that is unconditional. I get to live out of that place. I get to live in this deep sense of rest that everything I've ever wanted, everything I could ever need, is found and satisfied in God. I get to understand that I now get to live this life of wholeness. That actually, whatever's gone on in my life, whatever I've done, whatever's been done to me, I can know that sense of peace. I can know that I've been forgiven. I can know that the shame has been lifted. So we get to live, and they get to live out of this place of life, to live now. But you know what the most bold claim is that I could say this morning? is It isn't just a, a life to live now, it's a hope to come. That's what each of them are saying, is actually to follow Jesus means that death isn't the end. At these moments when I suddenly announce that, that's actually what each of them saying is, I get to live in this new home, this new location that allows me to say with Jesus at the center, I don't worry about death because actually it's not the end for me. I get to know life and life eternal. That causes me to either be the most deluded individual in the room or someone with some news that's worth exploring. And it's up to you to decide which one. You see, when we understand that what goes on as they go underwater that they're leaving an old home. There's nothing left there. They're not going to go back there. They're not ever going to return to say, yeah, I'm going to live again with me at the center. They say, no, I've done that. I've gone from there. There's nothing left. Now, where I reside now is when I come out of the water. This is a signpost of it, that my new home is here located with Jesus at the center that causes me to live this life from this home. And as such, we therefore get to understand the housewarming party we've been invited to. As we see them go underwater and come up, let's be those that celebrate. Let's celebrate the fact that they had this old home and now they've got this new one that they're now living in. Let's not just be those that celebrate. Maybe it's that we need to be those who explore it. And for some of us this morning, let's be honest. We're finding it odd enough just stepping foot in a church that meets at a cricket ground. We're thinking, man, if I didn't love the individual that was getting baptized this morning, there is no way on earth that I'd be here. Man, I respect you for the fact that you've still come. Man, what does that speak to the individual who's invited you? And yet for you, I say, what about this morning being a moment where you say, hey, maybe there's something in what's happened for them. Maybe there's something of the old home that if I'm honest, I start to realize is there. Man, if that's what is being offered in terms of a new one, maybe that's worth exploring. Maybe for some of us, it's that we need to take a moment to announce. 
And we see this morning, we say, actually, there's these individuals who've, who've stood up and said, you know what, I've moved. <laughs> I've moved from that location with me at the center to this location with Jesus at the center. And we're saying that, yeah, I know I've moved, but I've never told anyone. And I need to. The Bible's pretty clear that you believe, you follow Jesus, you make Jesus at the center of your life, and then you get baptized in water. As a way of saying, you know, gone is the old life, up is the new one. For some of us this morning, it's a decision of us saying, actually, I want to get baptized in water. I want to have a housewarming party moment. Not for my good, but for others' good. So they can know that I'm someone who lives from this home. And for you, I'd say, well, the, the way you respond to that, I'll be hard with you guys. The guys who are exploring, I'm saying, you know, it's up to you. You guys who are thinking, yeah, I know that Jesus is at the center, but I've never, ever announced. I'm saying, well, are you? <laughs> That's either a yes or no answer. Either it's a yes or no answer. So yes, you are going to get baptized in water, or no, you're not. And at that point, you think, That's quite hard. You'll be making us feel uncomfortable. That should be an open question. No. <laughs> Let's be uncomfortable for a moment. If you've made Jesus the center of your life, what's stopping you from announcing it? And so for some of us this morning, we're going to make a decision before we leave and say yes or no. And some of you are going to at this point think, I don't like you, Adrian. That's all right. I can live with that. <laughs> Lastly, let's be those who reveal the home. For many of us in this room, we know that we've moved home. We know that we used to live a life. I used to live a life with me at the center. We know now that we live a life with Jesus at the center. And therefore, we get to live from this new home. Let's be those who reveal it. Let's not be those who continuously kind of ponder what the old home was like, just spilling it out to other people. Oh, yeah, my old home, it looked like this. Man, what's the point of that? Let's be those who live in this world continuously, pointing through the lives that we live of the life, the love, the wholeness, and the rest that we get to enjoy because Jesus is at the center. Can I get us to finish by standing? And just after we stood, I'm going to pray for us. Just if you want to close your eyes once you've stood. We've found from experience that it's far easier to do it that way than to close your eyes and stand. Um, so if I can get you to close your eyes, why you close your eyes at this point isn't uh, in order that suddenly some mystical experience, we literally close our eyes in order that we don't get distracted by other things, by other people, by other th kind of things going on. I just have the eyes closed. I just want us to take a moment, and I'm going to pray for us. And in that moment, I want to ask you a question. What does it look like for you to respond to everything you've heard this morning? Is this a moment to celebrate? Is this a moment to explore? Is it a moment where you have to decide to announce? Is it a moment where you recommit, say, I'm going to reveal? with all our eyes closed and then just going to ask for a quick response just so 
because of the makeup of this, this morning's meeting, it'll just be easier at the end to then connect. If you want to respond today and say, yeah, I want to announce, I want to have a moment where I say, yeah, I want to get baptized in water. I've never done that before, and I, I want to do it. I just want to count to three. I want you to put your hand up just so I can know who you are and you can know that you've shown me. And then at the very end, after you round everything up, you can then come and find me, and we can work out how we go forward from this. Uh, so if you want to respond to that, one, two, three, put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm just going to pray for all of us. Jesus, I thank you that the point of baptism isn't a moment to look in on ourselves, but rather is a moment to look at you, Jesus, and to realize the difference that you make to our lives. At the fact that for these four getting baptized this morning, we get to celebrate in a moment that they've left an old home and they now reside in a new one, a new one with you at the center that produces so much good. And Jesus, we therefore want to celebrate with them in everything that they're able to know and live in. But Jesus, we pray, God, would you cause each of us to understand something more of what we're celebrating in this morning? I pray for those of us who it's just news to us. I pray, would you keep drawing us in to exploring just the wonder of what you have to offer? I pray for those of us who know you and would say you are at the center of who we are. I pray, would you cause us to live revealing more and more of the life that we now have through you? We ask this for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, if you want to take a seat and Gus will explain what's going to happen next.